Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vix podcast with me, Ben Aston. And as you can see, I'm joined by all four fellow members of the Voices of Vix podcast. Um, or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, you won't be able to see them yet, so I'll introduce them all now. Um, firstly, joined by other hosts of the podcast, Mike Duffy. Mike, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back. I know not a lot's been going on, but we'll have plenty to talk about, I'm sure. And yeah, the first podcast where everyone's everyone's here, so I'm looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, we're treating this as a bit of like a pre-season training camp, really, putting all five members all together at one go, just to see how it works out. Basically, we're working on our formation tonight, um, and maybe we'll work on our patterns of play next week, but we're going to see how it goes. Um, Pam, you're back on this week. How how are you doing, mate? You all good? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good, mate. Good stuff. And then joined by Joe Thomas as well. Evening. How are we all? Yeah, not bad, thank you. And then Katie, how are you doing? I'm good. Good stuff. We don't all sound very chatty. Let's hope we all get a bit more chattier once we get to dive into it. Um, yeah, so as, as you can see, there's um, all five of us on tonight and we're looking to give you more content going forward for all the rest of this season. Um, we're going to experiment on a few different bits and pieces and me and Mike was talking earlier, so... Um, Basically, we're really excited for the rest of the season, and we just need some signings now because we've got a really good feature called the Lowdown Accounting. Working hard on is recorded an episode with a West Brom podcast. Looking to hit that release button, but Jake Livermore still hasn't signed for Watford, so that's just sitting in the archives at the moment. Um, but we do need more signings through the door so we can um, put more content out there. But um, talking about signings, there's actually we'll, we'll dive straight into it. There's actually a departure from Vicarage Road during the week, um, actually yesterday, and it, it took me a little bit by, by surprise, but I'll get your thoughts on it. Um, Joseph Hungbo, um, so he's completed a permanent transfer to um, second-tier German side FD Nuremberg. Um, the fee's being reported in the region of £300,000. Um, the 23-year-old um, leaves Vicarage Road after four years and made 17 appearances in all competitions. Um, he obviously spent the second half of last season on loan at Huddersfield Town in January, where he scored three goals in 14 games as the Terriers achieved um, safety in the championship. Um, Mike, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, were you a little bit surprised to see that Joseph Humble left? Uh, or did you want to see him be given a chance at Vicarage Road this season? Or is it just the best deal all round for both parties? Yeah. I uh, I did want to see him given a chance, but I think the the sort of fact that he hasn't been given a chance so far probably says where he sits in the pecking order. Um, you know, that season we went up in the lockdown season, he had a few exciting sort of cameos off the bench. But other than that, he could never really solidify a place in the starting eleven or in, in the squad, really. Uh, a bit like Domingo Screener. 
never really worked out for him, unfortunately. So, the, you know, he, it's quite clear that Ishmael's probably took a look at him and not fancied him or doesn't think he'll fit in the system. And if that means we have to sell him to, you know, and, and get some cash in, then absolutely, you know, I think that might be the right decision. Yeah, and Katie, how did you feel on this? Obviously, what the fans want youngsters to come through and represent the club, and Hungbo's been waiting in the wings for a while, but do you agree with Mike where it's probably the, it's, it's the best deal all round for all parties? I mean, yeah, like, if the manager doesn't want him and he doesn't fit in the system, there's no reason to keep him around. Um... It seems like it probably has been the best option, but it did take me by surprise because he wasn't someone who I thought, oh, yeah, I'd get rid of him. But I just worry about who we're actually bringing in to fill these spaces that are leaving because it feels like a lot of positions, the same people in the same position are leaving with no incomings. I know there's still time, but he was someone who I would have thought would be a good option. I'm not saying he should be in the first team, but... Obviously, it seems like that's how it's ended up. So we can't really complain. No, and so I, I, Joe, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. I, I'm kind of pleased with how proactive Watford have actually been behind the scenes in getting rid of these players that aren't really going to make an impact and, and be the kind of players that are going to take Watford forward. But it is slightly concerning that if been really quiet on the incoming front. Um, we've only really signed two players new to the club. Obviously, Martins is paying back, making it free transfers in through the doors. But are you slightly concerned with the, the lack of incomings at the moment? Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Just simply because um, I think uh, the, the past couple of seasons, people have been concerned that we've not got players in and given them enough time over pre-season. Um, so the managers have not really had a chance to work um, with, a, with a new squad for long enough going into a new season. Um, and obviously with, what, 16 days now to the start of the season, we've, as you say, we've got two signings through the door. You know, if we get, let's just say we get four, six players through the door, We've not really got any friendlies by the sound of it. I know we've got Palace on Saturday. I don't really know too much else about what's going on over pre-season. There's meant to be a home friendly still not been announced yet, which is, what, next week? Uh, that should be, sorry, yeah, next week, shouldn't it? Um, so, yeah, there there is some concerns there. Um, and obviously, with, the, with not getting anybody in at the moment, we're going to go into the start of the season with what I think is a pretty weak squad, if I'm being completely honest. And... Yeah, I'm just thinking 10 games, what are we going to look like? Are we going to then be sacking another manager and welcoming someone else through the door? Yeah, um, well, Watford do love to change their manager's early doors, don't they? Where it's normally the international break, the first international break where they, they pull that trigger. But let's see what happens this time around. Um, Cameron, there's been four players that I've, I've really picked out on that's been linked with moves to Watford in the last couple of weeks. I'll get your thoughts on the first one. It's um, Jamal Lewis, uh, Lewis, who's um, obviously Newcastle's left back. He's not really featured much last season. Um, Dan Burns playing there at the moment. He's done a a sturdy job for them. He's picked up 36 appearances for Newcastle during his time there. Obviously moved there for about £15 million after um, impressing at Norwich City. I think he's picked up over 100 appearances for Norwich. So he's got that championship experience. But 
there's been mixed reports this week saying that we was interested in him and a few hours later saying that Watford were edging closer to him. Um, he later played in a friendly against uh, Nor- uh, Rangers and now he's flown to the United States um, with the rest of the Newcastle squad. Is he the type of player that we should be looking to target um, and bring into Vicarage Road? And, and do you actually see this maybe materialising? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether it'll happen or not because obviously nothing's happened so far. But it's the exact kind of move we need to be doing. First of all, it would be a loan deal. I mean, that's saving a bit of money, I should think. Obviously, Styles would have been two million quid. So, yeah, we are getting a bit of a bargain there if we can get him on loan. Also, good age. You know, he should be, obviously, not the same for everyone, but he should be in his prime years right now. So, that's another good one. We did lack that last season. We had people that were too young and not ready, and we had people that were too old. Lacked a bit in the middle. So, yeah, good move. He's got championship experience. I think if you look past his time at Newcastle, then we're getting a good one here if it does happen. And so do you remember often Jamal Lewis when he was in that Norwich side? I think Newcastle actually beat um, uh, Liverpool to the signature of him. He was that highly rated that season. He was phenomenal bombing down that left-hand side. Um, he, he loved to carry the ball as well. And he just looked, obviously, he's had a, a bit of a struggle at Newcastle. But once his confidence comes back, surely that's just going to, improve us massively and it's going to help us maybe pay to the way that Ismail actually wants from this Watford side. Um, yeah, I, I'll yeah. be honest, I don't really remember too much of him at, at Norwich, but from, from the games I did see, um, I think I remember him playing against like Liverpool and he was he was pretty good and yeah, he looks like an exciting prospect and I did think um, when he went to Newcastle, they were getting a good player. Obviously, he's not really had much of a chance. It's not really worked out for him. Moves go like that. Obviously, unfortunately, don't know in football. But you know, if he if he comes to us, hopefully, um, we'll see some of the form that he um, he uh, he had in a in a Norwich shirt, and we'll be getting a good player. Um, I mean, hopefully, it'll be uh, a loan with a view to buy because I think he will be one that will be good to 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 have in the squad for the future. Hopefully, because he is still quite young, I think, isn't he? So. Yeah, I think it's Northern Ireland International as well. What makes me laugh about him as well, I don't know if any of you remember this, but he actually picked up, uh, he got sent off the Northern Ireland one. Um, he picked up a, a second yellow card for time-wasting while taking a throw-in and he got sent off for it. And I've never seen that happen. Um, I wish referees grew some balls to actually do it more frequently, but um, it, it happened. And he, he was just embarrassed by it, by actually getting sent off for time-wasting on a throw-in. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but um, Mike, I'll come to you on the next one. It's a player that what the fans can know from last season. Um, we will know him because he, he joined part of the City halfway through the season last year. And he scored an overhead kick at Vicarage Road, albeit Wesley Hoop gave him the freedom of Vicarage Road in that um, penalty box. Um, but Sorry Haber has been linked to a move to Watford as well, albeit there's two other clubs interested in a move for him as well. Um, but he scored eight goals in 17 appearances for the Bluebirds last season. He's the type of striker that you'd need to lead the line, isn't he? He is, but um, can I see this one happening? Probably not. I would imagine this is his agent possibly trying to drum up a little bit of interest because 
apparently um, Leeds are after him, Cardiff are after him, and Michelin are after him. Um, or is he Michelin already? Um, there, there's three clubs linked with him. Uh, I mean, Cardiff have just signed two strikers, so I'd be very surprised if they go in for him again. Um, albeit he did very well from last season. Um, but I'd be happy. You know, he's he's a big bloke. He's he's direct, and that's what Valerian Ishmael likes his strikers to be. You look at the strikers. He, he signs Daryl DK for West Brom after having him at Barnsley, and um, you know everyone knows that in this setup that Ishmael plays. It's key to have a big target man, and, and you know, yes, who probably made him look probably ten times better than he actually is. But we've seen it firsthand how much of a handful he can be for defenders. So, listen, if if this is something that is genuinely going to happen, and and the club are exploring it, then I, I would not be disappointed if we brought him through the door because he had a brilliant spell for Cardiff, albeit in a small window. He he, he did well for Cardiff, so I'd uh, I'd be happy with this one if it come through. Yeah, and then there's two other players that have been linked with Watford. I won't get your thoughts on them because obviously we, we don't really know the players much. Um, so the first one was from a um, from a French league. It was um, I'm going to butcher the name here. It's um, Lamine Bomba, who's a um, I think a defensive midfielder. So Watford have been linked with a move for him, but supposedly the player is um, quite happy at the club and doesn't really want to depart. Um, so that's quite unexpected that he would probably leave Watford. And then the second one is another striker. Um, that is not the striker I'm after. Um, I've completely butchered this, haven't I? Um, so, yeah, it's um, Watford has thrown interest into Lilstrom striker, Acor Adams as well. And um, Watford have got history with Lilstrom as well. Because if you can remember back to the late 90s, Watford signed a um, quite small Icelandic striker um, who. who Scored plenty of goals in the Premier League and um, and in the Championship as well. And he goes by the name of Spider Helgerson. Um, so there is a connection between Watson and Lilstrom. Um, but we'll move on to the next um, little topic. And it's um, Watford have actually announced two contact signings. Um, Jack Greaves and Michael Adipoku have both signed their first professional deals with Watford. There had been reports that Jack Greaves might um, go to... Celtic or Brentford that was reported a couple of weeks ago, but he has committed his future to the Hornets by putting pen to paper on a three-year contract with an option of a further year, which is quite big for a youngster, um, potentially four years. And then Michael Adipoki, um, he signed a two-year contract and that has an option of a further additional years as well. Um, Casey, it's quite refreshing to see that Watford have actually managed to keep hold of youngsters we've seen numerous players over the last couple of years our better players all leave for a different club because maybe they can't see a pathway into that first team but to get the signature of that grieves is massive for Watford isn't it yeah I think it like you said it's really refreshing and it's really positive to see that they have not gone to these teams like you know Brentford and everything that um Jack Greaves is linked with like it is refreshing and it shows that there is a kind of change in the way the academy's working because we are giving youngsters game time. We saw it a lot last season. Like It's clear that people are progressing up. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just really nice to know that people actually want to commit to the club and stay around. And even if it means that because they're on a long deal, they'll go for more money in the end, Like 
that could be another reason. But I think, yeah, it's really good that they've signed Pretty here, good. especially as the academy is a bit weak with us never being able to hold on to anyone. But yeah, I think it's really good. And um, Mike, what do you reckon the, the, the aim could be for both of them for next season? Obviously, we're not asking for them to hit the floor running, come into the first team, be uh, pace 36 games in a season. What should their realistic aim realistic aim should be for next season? Is it to try and um, knock on that door and try and get involved with the first team squad, or is it trying to um, get a loan and get some first team football under their belt somewhere in the lower division? Yeah, I mean, obviously every acad- every academy player wants to be, you know, knocking on the the manager's door and seeing if they can get a spot in the first team. But at the end of the day, these chaps have signed professional contracts now. Let's get them out on a suitable loan so they can play men's first team football. And that's ultimately what it's about. You know, you look at the youngsters that come through and getting them alone is key. Um, But, you know, there's, there's no reason why a a couple of these couldn't maybe feature in the cups. You know, it's a long old season, as we know, it's relentless Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday at times. So there's no reason, you know, that they've had, um, a few sort of they've dipped their toe in the water a little bit last season. There's no reason they can't do that again this season. But ultimately, if it was me, I'd be looking at getting these probably a League Two loan if if they could. Uh, I think Conference probably a little bit too much of a step below, especially with the hype surrounding Greaves. You know, we just mentioned there that um, uh, allegedly Brentford and Celtic were in, you know involved in wanting him. So that's pretty massive if that is the case. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely look at getting them out on loan. Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be important for their development if they can get that under the belt at early doors. Um, so you think you mentioned it earlier, Watford are actually travelled into Crystal Palace on Saturday for a behind closed doors friendly. Um, it's five pounds on Hyde Live. Will you be um tuning in, paying your five, five pounds to watch the, the pre season friendly? Um, I'm considering it. I'll be honest. Uh, I, I'm 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 on the fence at the moment. Um, I know the the coverage isn't the best on uh, the high visit, so maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah. How about well, you, you watching it? I mentioned it because um, we are looking to do a, a podcast off the back of it. Um, it would be quite interesting to see how what we play, and we're all going to maybe if we can watch it and then maybe have a chat about it afterwards and we'll do a podcast about it. I think Cameron was quite keen to do that and Mike was as well. So we're looking to do that on maybe Sunday or Monday. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I'm actually at a christening on Saturday, so I can't actually watch it. So I'm actually saving five pounds, which is always good to save a bit of money. Um, but we're going to jump and dive straight into your questions. Uh, massive apologies that we didn't get around to it on the last podcast. Uh, Mike did put out a tweet asking for your questions and we just ran out of time. The podcast went on for about an hour and 10 minutes. We didn't answer one question. Uh, so we are sorry about that. But we we haven't forgotten. We've got both. We're going to prioritise those as first. Um, we've got about 15 questions altogether. So we're going to run through them all. Um, the first question was actually from me to Cameron. Um, so I've actually entered this as well. So... Um, Cameron, in um, Adam Leventhal's Boring Wood article, um, there there was um, there's four priority positions that Watford wants to recruit, um, according to Adam Leventhal. It's a new left-back, a midfielder who can play the number six role, uh, a midfielder that can play the number eight role, and also a target man. 
um, a number nine. Being realistic, Cameron, who would you like us to bring in that's affordable um, to fit those um, players? Yeah, well, it looks wow, like we could have left back covered with uh, Jamal Lewis. I would have liked to see Callum Styles, but either works. Striker, yeah, we do need a big target man. That's what we're lacking at the minute. I think there's a good striker at Cardiff. He'd be hard to get off them though but they are you know in in the shit a little bit financially so maybe we can get him Keon Atete I think he only scored twice but I think he had a good season uh I'm not gonna save my other shout in fact I am yeah I'd you're all gonna laugh but I think Keenan Davis would be a good pickup I saw he's available again everyone's gonna go mental at me for that but I think I think we missed the trick with him last season I think he's a lot better than that so yeah we need a DM we need a centre mid I also think we need a centre back but clearly the club don't in terms of a DM I know we aren't going to look domestically for this but Ben Whiteman we've been knocking on that door for years haven't we and he is exactly who I'd want he reminds me of Kapu a little bit but another shout is obviously Etienne Kamara from formerly of Huddersfield, now at Udinese. He'd be, we'd be able to get him, whether he'd come to us, I don't know. But I, I'd go for him personally. Good shout. So, anyone that you think we could realistically maybe target who's affordable, who fits those four positions we're after? Um. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't even really kind of thought about people that we can get through the door much because I don't really know how much money we've got. Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation about whether there is actually any money, whether we're trying to pick up free transfers or or what. So, yeah, it's, um, it's just one of them. We've just kind of got to wait and see what happens. Um, but one thing I did see earlier, actually, on the talking to people moving around is that uh, a, a player that was pretty much forgotten about last year. Courtney House is apparently on his way to West Brom on a permanent transfer I've seen. Which is quite yeah. interesting considering he did nothing last year. Maybe he's got out the music studio now. He's too busy. He put down, um, put down that microphone and he's ready to actually play some football now. Always sorted out his knee after the physio told him to get it done and he was like, nah, I don't need surgery. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, Mike, what about you? Any names that you would maybe throw into a mix that we could potentially go after? Uh, I must say the, the Keenan Davis one does surprise me a little bit. Um, I mean, he'd need one hell of a pre-season. And I think the thing that worries me now is, yes, we've only played two pre-season games, but is it enough time for him to get fit and, and ready for the first game of the season? Like He's ultimately going to be playing catch-up because um, I, you know, I don't tend to keep a keen eye on Aston Villa's training regimes for pre-season, but I'm pretty sure I've not seen him in any Aston Villa videos at the moment. Or, you know, you see the videos of the players returning to pre-season training and, and all that. I, I've, I've not seen anything. I wouldn't be surprised if they've effectively done what, what we would do and, and revert them to the, the bomb squad, as they say, where they just put them in the under-21s. I don't know. Uh, I, too, have also seen that rumour about Horse to... Um, 
into West Brom, which is an interesting one. But for me, I, I think the the by the sounds of it, Joe sort of touched on it uh, briefly. The the money situation is it there? Isn't it there? Um, are we paying off debts with the Pedro money? Are we waiting for Sar to go before we can spend a bit of cash? And I think the Pozzos are going to do what the Pozzos usually do and, and be real sort of money savvy. And I wouldn't be surprised to see someone from Udinese come over. Uh, I think the lads over at WD18 tweet is a, um, a graphic of the Udinese squad for the season so far. And it is looking stacked out. Um, they, they definitely have got room for a, a few departures. I know they're losing Roberto Pereira. I think he's going to Turkey. I think already he's going to restrict that, uh, possibly replacing Nathan Redmond. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if we if we get a few people from Udinese. Uh, and uh, you know, with that in mind, uh, Etienne Kamara definitely one that I'd like to see us going for. And um, like Cam, I, I think we do need a target man. Reese Healy sounds fantastic, and my talk with Anthony from uh, Lev Lev Violets. Uh, was was very very good, and he said some very very good things. But he's not a target man, uh, and ultimately we we need someone that's going to sort of bully the defences. So a target man uh, is is a must for me, and and uh, another defensive midfielder. I don't want this to happen, but the longer this transfer window goes in, goes on, and we have, it's clearly that we haven't got much money to spend in this window. The longer it goes on and we're we're after that big man up top, I would not be surprised if we bring in someone like Andy Carroll. It, it, it's just got Watford written all over it. And then, obviously, Paul Lynch is going to take over in October as well, former Reading manager, all linking up. Um, but another guy who's actually a free agent as well, Lucas Jowell's still available, formerly of Reading. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe knocks up um, there's been links with him in the past um, with Watford. Um, there's loads of free agents about still, isn't there? Um, I'm surprised Cathcart hasn't picked up a club yet. But maybe that shows that maybe other clubs are maybe a bit wary of him with his age and his quality in the championship now. So maybe it was the right decision for us to actually get rid of him if he hasn't been snapped up yet. Or maybe he might be joining Johnny Evans at um, Manchester United. Um, oh, Britain, <laughs> Britain. Brits on the verge of joining QPR, according to uh, my cousin. So uh, that's put into the um, starting eleven on the opening um, day. <laughs> yeah, back at the Vic, back where it all, all started for him and where it ended terribly as well. Um, Casey, um, question from Ornit Shane. He says, "Where do you realistically see us finishing next season?" Um. You can't go any lower than 24. I think the thing is, if we, I mean, obviously it's getting to the end of the transfer window now. And like, in if in the next two weeks we, we magically signed like seven players who are all really good and, you know, it goes great, I could see us, you know, pushing for the playoff spot. But I think the thing is with this season is it's not, oh, yeah, there's three teams which are obviously going to do really well and everyone else is just going to, like, not do well. Like, almost half of the players in the championship are going to be pushing for the promotion spots. Like, it's going to be so tough. And I feel like we are not up to this, uh, any type of standard that would put us in the top half. 
let alone the promotion, I'll probably say we would probably finish mid-table with the squad that we have now. But like we said, that can change. We still have time. But it's just worrying mm. that we haven't seen any any links or any like good stuff to come out of the club. Like, yeah, we signed two players, but that was what? Like, how many weeks ago now? Three? Like, we need to kind of get going because all the other teams are and we're not. Yeah, it's slightly concerning, but I was looking at the list of championship clubs yesterday. I don't think many people have signed more than four players this season, and not many teams are facing that patch apart from the relegated team. Um, Lou Orn said earlier, he did a tweet, and he said uh, he compared us to Norwich, and he said that he's he's not surprised that Norwich hasn't spent a penny this summer as well. Obviously, they both came down together. From a champion, uh, from a Premier League to a Championship during the COVID season, obviously that hit both of the clubs financially. They both failed to get promoted last season, so he, he's not surprised by us not spending anything yet. And he was saying that we're relying on getting rid of Ismail Assar before we can actually invest into this squad. But then, go it. It's just when when is we got, when are we going to get an offer for Ismail Assar? Are we? Crossing our fingers and our toes, hoping that a Saudi Arabia club's going to come in and they're going to give us, I don't know, 10, 15 million for star, and then we can reinvest that back into a squad. Is, is that realistic or are we going to end up having him for the rest of this season? Um, I think he, personally, I think he's going to end up staying. Um, from what I've seen today, he's back, he's back in training today. I don't know if that's with a. That's a little bit clever from the club, trying to get him, give him a couple of days and then throw him into the game at the weekend because I know there's been a lot of interest from Palace, isn't there, in, in the past. Um, so whether they're maybe trying to get him to play on Saturday um, in the hope that they look at him and he... I mean, obviously, he's not really going to do too much, is he? It's only a friendly, but um, to try and drum up that maybe interest again. But he's definitely not going to end up in somewhere like Saudi Arabia for, for me. He's not really... He's not really done enough for that um, kind of link. Um, but if he does stay, oh, I, I think he'll pull his socks up and I think he'll he'll do his best for us. I mean, he, he has done in the past, hasn't he? So not well, 75% of the time. And let's be honest, there's, there's been a few games where he hasn't looked interested. But if he stays, he stays. He's got to kind of deal with it and... and just get on with it, isn't he? There's not really much else that can, can be done. We can't force him to leave and we can't force clubs to, to want to come in for a, a, a buy him, can we? So, Just to play devil's yeah. advocate, Ben, you mention about the Saudi Arabia and you joke about it, but was it Steven Gerrard that... Was it not Steven Gerrard that wanted him at Aston Villa and now he's gone to a Saudi club with effectively a blank checkbook because they're buying everyone and anyone I mean, I saw bloody Mikel Antonio link today. So, you know, they really are sort of clutching at straws with this ex, well, you know, trying to get journeyman names. He, he's, he, he could well, you know, say to, to the owners, look, you know, I, I really want Sar. And I, I don't know if you've noticed as well, and this is just an observation, but a lot of the players that seem to be going over to Saudi Arabia are um, of, of the Muslim heritage, uh, faith. So, you know, Karim Benzema and Golo Kante, um, to, 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 to name a few. And obviously, Ishmael Mendy, Asar is up there as well. So, 
you know, it, it's not outside the realms of possibility. Do I think a bid will come in? No, but that is in the back of my mind that Gerard wanted him. Obviously, Gerard's um, highly, you know, a big, big fan of Jordan Henderson. He seems to be going as well. So, you know, Gerard's obviously got targets in mind that he, he wants. And maybe Sar will crop up on that list somewhere, especially if, if he knows that he's available and, you know, he, he's, he's available to leave the club, which he is. Um, but like Joe said, look, if he's going to stay, we need to get behind him. Has he been the best version of himself the last couple of seasons? No. Uh, why that is, we don't know. But look, he's, he's done it before. That season we went up in lockdown, he was phenomenal. Top goal scorer that season for us. Um, so he can do it. And he just needs to to understand that if no one's going to come in for him, this is where he plays his football. This is the team that pays his wages. And, you know, he's done it before and he can be a fan's favourite. He could be, you know, a, a bit of a, a cult hero for Watford if he actually, you know, looked like he, he cared, which the, the problem, he's it's not just himself, but, you know, the last couple of seasons, he's not looked interested. So, yeah, but watch his space. Maybe Saudi will bid for him. The, the, the whole news about Ismail Star as well, I just want to address that the rumours of him being in training, I think it all came from a fake account on Twitter, uh, Agent Orn or something that was set up about four or five days ago. He's got about three tweets. Um, so he actually tweeted saying that Star's back in training. I would be very surprised if we see Ismail Star on the football field for what for this season. From being in that meeting with Casey um, at the you know, Pozzo Forum, Scott Duxbury made it very clear to everyone in the room that Star would not be featuring for Watford this season. Um, and that's probably down to him wanting to go elsewhere. Um, so I'd be very surprised if he does kick a ball for Watford again. Um, so he, if, he, if he doesn't find a club, I can imagine he might be just sitting in the stands. Um, moving on to the next question. Um, Russ Putnam um, asked, after seeing who we've signed so far this season, are you happy? Are you happy, Cam? You know what? I am. Yeah, I, I'm happy. I, I want more done, obviously. I'm happy with what we have done, though. What we haven't done, that's a concern. What we mm. have done, we've signed... Yeah, I think it's smart to keep Martins. I think he could be effective. We've signed Healy. He he's highly rated. Uh, Ince, I think he'll surprise a few people. I think he he could be quite good for us as an option. Mm. But yeah, what we need is obviously all the positions we mentioned before. We need to try and address those to the best we can. What I'm more impressed with is who we've got rid of, and I think it was when we got rid of Gaspar. I thought. Right, yeah, we're actually making an effort here to, you know, clear clear out these players. A few years ago, we would have kept hold of Gaspar for the rest of his contract, yeah. and now now we've got rid of him. We got rid of Hungbo. That was a shock. Obviously, we mentioned that. So I think it, it's progress. The incomings are good. The outgoings are good. What we need now is just the rest of the incomings. Yeah, and no, I think we all probably agree with that. Anyone disagree with what Pam's saying? Anyone unhappy with how the business has gone so far in terms of the window? I, I, I think the thing that pisses me off, and I'm sure you guys will agree as well, is 
obviously, it is so, so frustrating at the moment on Twitter because, well, not even on Twitter, it's just frustrating because the season starts in, in less than a month. You know, we, we're talking a, a couple of weekends, well, three weekends, I think it is. The season three weekends, starts. Mate. And, um, and yes, we haven't brought in anywhere near the amount of players that we probably need and we probably thought we would have by now. And then that domino effect of, are they going to be playing catch-up? A bit like Keenan Davis last season. Uh, how long did it take for us to see a, a full appearance from him? And when he did play, he looked leggy, etc., etc. But what does my head in is... You get Watford fans that moan on Twitter that we're not signing anyone. And then as soon as we put Sonny out to say, oh, Watford have shown an interest according to such and such. Oh, he won't come. Oh, it's a load of rubbish. I'm like, mate, you mind up. Like, don't moan that we've not done any, well, we've not been busy in the transfer market. And then as soon as we report Sonny, it'd be like, no, it's not going to happen though. Like, I, I, I had a discussion with a gentleman earlier this week saying, um, I think it was that one that you mentioned at the top of the show, Ben, the, the, the guy from France, that we were interested, but he was happy at the club and he was likely to stay. And you can show an interest in a player, but them not turn up, well, them not want to sign and be happy. Jose Holobas, for example, with us, you know, he, he didn't know he was joining. He wasn't happy that he joined. He had successful years at our club. Um, this guy from, I, I don't know his name, but the guy that Newcastle just signed from Milan. Fuck me, he doesn't look like he wants to be there, man. Uh, so, you know, it, just because you're showing it, he goes, you might as well say we're interested in Haaland. It's a bit like, that, that comment did remind me of the Sunderland Till I Die documentary, when the bloke says, why am I seeing Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the list? But <laughs> it does frustrate me, and uh, like, I'm sure we all agree, yes, we want transfers, yes, it's been quiet, but the bottom line is, the outgoings that we've seen, as Cam rightly said, a couple of seasons ago, we wouldn't have seen that. We would have kept hold of players longer than we needed to. And that is the be-all and end-all. But after when we got relegated from the Premier League, we sat on this podcast and said, we need a clear-out, we need a clear-out. Two years later, it's finally happening. So that's what I'm happy about. And I'm sure a lot of Watford fans are, you know, that yes, there'll always be grumbles, but... In terms of outgoings, we're doing things the right way and it sounds like we're going to be financially stable as well, which, again, as long as my football club's financially stable and, and not in the shit, you've seen how bad it can go for teams, then I'm happy with that. 100%. And, yeah, um, I'm getting rid of these players that, like your Gaspars, your Cleverleys, your um, Pascal, Ungo's, the first three I mentioned are probably on really high wages. So you're getting that wage bill down. You're getting that cost of running a football club down, which makes you more sustain sustainable going forward because now you're going to be bringing in players who are probably on like half of the wage that Cathcart was on or maybe a quarter of the wage. Um, I can't imagine Porteous is on anything near from what Cathcart was on. So it's just more sustainable going forward for a football club. And it's... Um, it's obviously good to see. Pacey, what do you, what quantifies a good summer window? That's the question from Wendover Horn. I think it's kind of the same as what we've been saying. It's all good, like, getting rid of all the players and most of the players we've got rid of, like, it's been the right decision. But it's about who we're bringing in because you'd rather play 
with rubbish players, but what if you can't even fill a full a full squad? And mm. obviously you're going to want to have people to come in. But I do think when I was looking on Twitter and people were saying how the club um, really like to do their stuff, like in private, you know, apparently people were saying like when um, some rumours were leaked, like the club was super unhappy that people had leaked it. So who knows? There could be so much stuff going on behind closed doors that we don't know about. And then in the next week or so, they're going to just announce like, all these signings. I mean, that's the dream, but who knows? But I think it is it is about who we're bringing in and I don't want to get to the end of the transfer window and we just panic and we just get like people to fill the space and it's not actually people who we've thought about if they're going to fit in the squad. Are they even fit enough? Like, will they even have any pre-season because we've just signed them the day before QPR and then they have to train for a month before they can even play 90 minutes of football like we have to really think of hope hopefully the people bringing in we're thinking about it and it's not just who can we get that's cheap and do they want to come here yeah i agree um joe ben slater wants to know what's your thoughts on Matthias martin's coming for a further year um pam mentioned earlier he thinks it's really good and he can offer something for this upcoming season uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I think I said in the last podcast I was quite happy with him coming back um, from what we'd seen him playing the under-23s. Um, he's obviously scored a few goals. I think I remember seeing his hat-trick against Leeds, was it, in the um, in the Cup uh, there. He, he scored three very good goals. Um, seen nothing but good things about in the games that he did participate in there and I actually thought he did all right when he played for us in the first team. He looked quite exciting, great on the ball. Um, obviously not quite as competent as like Jao Pedro and um, Richarlison were when they were when they were playing for us. But I think with um, a bit of game time um, and, and playing a bit of regular football, I actually think he'll be good for us next season. I'm actually quite quite excited about seeing him in. in sorry, about seeing him in a Watford shirt if he's going to play regularly. Um, I don't really buy all this like 20 minutes here and there. I don't think that's going to be good for him. He needs to play some regular football for us and for us to get the best out of him, in my opinion. Yeah, Cameron, I've got a question. A few people kind of asked it and I think we've touched on it already um, about the money situation behind the scenes at Watford. Bob the Hornet says, do we have to sell star to fund transfers? It's obvious we're broke. Um, Snowboy asks, do we have a transfer budget? Is it as low as the two million reported? Obviously, we, we don't know the finances behind the club, but are, are you concerned by the lack of money that's um, been invested by maybe Watford Football Club at the moment? Are you concerned by the money issues and all the rumours? I'm not surprised by it. It is a little bit concerning, but I suppose you expect it. The way we've spent before, lots of players we haven't recouped enough money on. So this window's been coming where we can't spend. I think the Jao Pedro sale, that sort of balanced the books. But now we need to flog Sar and, you know, we can get a bit of a budget off that. Hopefully, hopefully start seeing, you know, our main targets coming in when we sell Sar. Mike, do you reckon we've do you reckon we've got all these main targets that we've got 
lifted and weighted in the background and we're just waiting for that financial package to come through from the sale of this Malatar and then we'll actually see them coming in on a conveyor belt um, in the away kit and the third kit. We've not seen those yet either. I'd, I'd like to think so. I, I think it's worth pointing out as well recently, uh, another tweet that Luan's put out, I think he was replying to someone that, uh, and Katie mentioned this uh, earlier as well, in recent years, the obviously the transfer rumours have been getting leaked and you tend to hear about it. Well, this season with Healy and Ince, I'm led to believe that those deals are pretty much done before, you know, we, we when we heard about it, they were all pretty much wrapped up. So, I, I, I do not mind that at all. Obviously, the, the whole buzz of being a football fan is you're linked with this player, you're linked with that player. But if they want to keep it under wraps, I am more than happy to do that. Um, also worth noting as well, which a lot of people, I think, seem to forget, um, not just our fans, but other fans in the league, the Pozzos are probably one of the, I, I say, poorest, in inverted commas, owners in the league. You know, they're... they're the, the amount of money in football at the moment is insane. And you look at some of the owners who own clubs in the championship and, you know, absolutely minted. And the Pozzos on, on a list of the 24 teams are, are probably down there. Uh, I would say possibly the bottom four. I, I could be wrong. Uh, one that always surprises me is uh, is Preston. The, the Preston owners absolutely minted. Uh, although one of my best mates in Birmingham's a Preston fan and he tells me that. Although he's minted, he doesn't tend to spend it. But um, I, I do like to think that we are keeping tight-lipped for a reason. And, you know, um, Valerian's working hard with Ben Manga and they're all talking. And hopefully, you know, I've, I've said this the last couple of weeks, but hopefully it's not long now until they start coming through the door. And um, I, it needs to happen because, as Katie said, you, you don't want to be playing catch-up. I think some teams and some owners can get a bit sort of lazy considering that the transfer window closes at the end of August it's a very dangerous game to play if you're however many games in after the the end of August and you're still bringing players in and you're thinking right well we've got him through the door now yes we've played three or four but he can really make a difference you know those first three four five games can be can be absolutely pivotal to how your season's going to shape out so yeah I, I do like to think that you know, the, the we're keeping sort of quiet and, and things are being in place. Some things as well, you know, you watch all these documentaries now behind the scenes and that, and transfers do take a lot of, you know, time and you have to wait for so many things and it's all complex and everything now. So hopefully it's just a, a few little minor things that we're waiting for and we can start seeing uh, new players in the away kit, as you say. It is oh, yeah. um, sorry, just just to cut in. It is just worth pointing out that um, that year between um, Lewington leaving and Boothroyd coming in, where this was a similar situation where there was no money, someone completely new coming in. It was a bit of uncertainty about where we were going as a club, and there was a lot of signings rolling through the door leading up to that last sort of ten days of leading up to the first game, which we had Preston at home, um, and I remember notably Clark Carlisle signing on the Friday and being completely and utterly shocked that he was in a Watford shirt at 3pm on the Saturday. And obviously he said in his own words that he didn't know anybody's name, so he was just saying, here, here, here for the ball. So, you know, we did start a bit shaky that season and look where we ended up. So, 
you know, it, it, could, it could happen. It could happen still. I think we lost the first three that season, if, if memory serves me correct, and we still went on. Uh, we drew so, we drew the second one of Plymouth away three all, if I remember rightly. We lost the first yeah, one 2-1. I can't goal. remember what we did the third one. So me saying the first three or four games is a load of bollocks, basically, and I knew it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll shut up now. <laughs> I remember not repeating as everyone with all these signings as well. Back in the day, you could go to the Vicarage Road and put on a, an event where you could um, queue up to meet the players and you could queue up at the front of the uh, Graham Taylor stand and they would all come around and, with a pen and sign everything. Um, and there were so many new signings at the time and uh, if Scotty Ben Foster was there, um, an <laughs> 18-year-old or something turned up. But there was also like a, I don't even remember Joe. There was like was there a Brazilian striker called Junior that we signed from Walsall? Um, yeah, he ended up. Going to... I don't think he really did, did much at all. No, he ended up at he ended up at Derby um, that season. I think he played against us. For, it was a really weird situation. I can't really remember what happened. But yeah, we did sign mm. Junior. It was a bit of a strange, strange one. <laughs> but that's plenty of strange signings down the years. Just quickly, as we're on strange signing, Pam, who's the strangest what the signing that you think we've had? Oh, well, I'll come to all of you. So everyone else, get get thinking. Um, I'll bring Pam under the bus here. Yeah, yeah. No, um, there's a lot to choose from, isn't there? I mean, I was explaining to a non-Watford fan the whole bio situation. We spent five million quid on him and then loaned him straight back to where we got him from. That was weird, but looks like he, he's part of the plan now. So, it's before I started watching, but I'm going to go with Sven Combs. Just what a weird, <laughs> weird situation. Five million euros or something paid on him, never put on a Watford shirt. I don't think he was actually announced as a Watford player either. Um, so, yeah, that's up there. Um Mm, I'd probably say someone like Passetto, who literally has never really played, but he's still our player. Um, But where is he? He's missing because I I have not seen him at Vicarage Road in a long time, but he's still our player, apparently. You sound like Uncle Ron a little bit there, Katie. Um. Mike, what's the strangest player for you? Or strangest, uh, or strangest signing, even? It's hard to, to, to pin one down because we had all those Udinese players come through, and some were brilliant and some were absolutely shocking. Uh, like Jeffrey and by, uh, I, I don't know his full name, Steve Leo Bella, he's got to be up there. Horrendous. You love him. But I tell you what, as well. Um, the, the, the weirdest one for me is uh, Diamante because back in the day he was a bit of a legend and then he come to us and I don't know just didn't work out and Zarati as well was up there as well he, I think he did his ACL um, didn't we sign him because someone got injured and then he ended up doing his ACL I think that was the story um, Trevor Benjamin on loan when uh, Darius Henderson and Marlon King got injured Gabby Bonlahor on loan there's loads, mate. We, we could do a whole podcast on it, but that, that, that would be more. What about you, Ben? Led Ferdinand. I don't <laughs> think you've ever played for Watford either. I forgot about him. And Lucas Neal as well. 
Oh, crikey. He, I don't it's know. Like, like, what's the point of even signing these players? Like, you just brought them in and then they were gone like four, five, six weeks later. It was just odd. But yeah, we've had so many down the years, haven't we? The um, Akite at QPR from QPR. Do you remember when he came in? <laughs> he got he got sent off on his debut, I think, if I remember right. <laughs> um, did Merkel get sent off in his debut as well? It's ready at home. And there was that Arsenal striker. You remember the Korean striker we signed from Arsenal that everyone was really excited about? Then, oh, look at this striker we signed from Arsenal. He played seven minutes as a sub and then we never saw him again. Pardon the pun, but he was absolutely doggy, he was. <laughs> and we'll move on to the next question. Um, Brad Chaz says, who of the previously fringe players, Pongo, obviously he's left now, um, Quadro Bar and Pollock, etc., will benefit from a new style and who will suffer? Um, Mike, do you want to take the lead on this one? Yeah, uh, I think... Hungbo will suffer. I don't think he'll get into the, to the plans. Um, so there's that one straight away. Um, I, I want to, I really want it to work out for Matty Pollock. He obviously had a great loan spell at Aberdeen and they qualified for Europe. And, you know, he, he, he's had two great loan spells, hasn't he? he? He won Young Player of the Season at Cheltenham and then really well at Aberdeen as well. But I just don't know if he'll fit in um, to the system. Um, I, I feel like he's going to suffer big time. And Quadro Bar is another one. I'll be honest, I thought we'd sold him. I thought he was one a couple of seasons ago where we'd actually sold him on a permanent. I It was only when he come back that I realised he was out on loan. He is one that he could be down as a strange signing because all this hype, you know, I remember speaking to a Rochdale podcast for, you know, for us and, um, you know, getting the intel on him from from them uh, and all this hype surrounding him but he, uh, it's not quite worked out for him I, I hope that Bar can work out I really really do um, so I, I think I think Bar might get more of a look in than any of those chaps that were mentioned um, but yeah I, I want it to work for Matty Pollock I just don't know if he's going to fit into the system uh, I just want to apologise everyone. Uh, Joe is actually doing his best pokey pokey impression. He's in and out more times than um, uh, I've got to keep this PG. But yeah, Joe keeps disappearing and coming back. I don't even think Joe knows he keeps doing it. Um, so yeah, apologies for all of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, you might laugh at this, but with Quadro Bar, he's actually my wild card for this season. I actually think that if he gets the run of games, maybe an impact player off the bench, because obviously there's, but you can have lots of substitutes on the bench for next season. I think it's maybe as crazy as nine for next season. If he can get some minutes and be an impact player, I actually think he can maybe do really well for us and maybe try and force his way into the starting 11. And I know that's that absolutely massive call, but he, he obviously does very well for the Germany under-21 side. And there's a reason for that. He, he's obviously got quality and he's, he's very highly rated. So he was unfortunate that he was just injured last season when he was on loan in Germany. So I think there's something in him. And if Valerie Ismail can unlock it, I think we might have a player for next season. Um, we'll move on to the next question. Um, Billy has asked Katie, what has been the most uh, surprising thing 
and the most disappointing thing of this off season? Um, what do you mean, just like the summer? Yeah, of the of the closed season. So maybe the transfer window so far, or since the the season's ended, what what have you been mostly pleasantly surprised of, and what you've been most disappointed of? I think we're disappointed. It's kind of going back to the money thing because I remember at the fan forum they presented themselves as if like we had loads of money they were like everything's really stable obviously they weren't like yeah we're gonna spend loads of money but they were they were talking like there was gonna be all this uh money spent on transfers they were like we've got all these people lined up and all this money is gonna go on transfers and like we haven't really seen that happen and I think that's just been the most disappointing thing, as if it's almost like maybe they were bigging it up a bit too much and that's not really what's happened or they're still waiting mm. for SAR money or whatever they need. But again, it's like time's running out. So I think that's been the most disappointing thing in the in- like not bringing people in. Um, but it has been really refreshing to see old people leave. Like people like Cleverly and Cathcart and, you know, Gaspar and most people, we've never seen this happen. Well, I haven't seen this happen for ages. And it was something that we were all, everyone was saying, oh, I don't know if it will happen. I don't know. It probably won't because they value these players too much. But it's really good to see us have a clear out and like a proper clear out where we aren't spending so much money on people's wages all the time. Yeah, and so um, we've only got a couple of questions left, so I'll just run through them quickly. Um, we've got a question from Snowboy. Well, I say I've got a question. He sent in about six questions, so I'm only going to go to a couple of them. <laughs> Do you think that Ismail is the right man for the job, um, especially when it's um, an underwhelming appointment? Um. I wouldn't say he's the right or the wrong man for the job. We've seen so many managers come and go over the last however many years. You can't really, it's a, it's a thing you can't really say at the moment. Um, as I said previously, I'll give the guy a chance. I'll back him. At the, sorry. Am I back? Sorry. I don't yeah. know what's going on with my internet tonight. Apologies. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope all the fans get behind him and um, and give him a chance. And I really do hope it works out for him. And I hope he survives beyond Christmas at least. And uh, it, it does turn out that he is the right man for the job. But yeah, like I say, with, with all the um, uncertainty over pre-season at the moment of who's coming in, who's going, for him to kind of really get a team going within the first sort of half a dozen games, it's going to be quite difficult if there are going to be quite a few incomings. So let's hope that if we are struggling after 10, 11, 12 games, that we do give him the time and it does turn out to be the right appointment. But yeah, let's wait and see. And Mike, um, we'll wrap it up after this last question. Um, another question from Snowboy. Why have we not signed a new goalkeeper? Daniel Batman gives me zero confidence in the defence. Good question. Um, I, I I think you know if if Batman is going to go, um, we should 
definitely be this season because I think he goes on a free next season. I think he's his, his last year on his contract, possibly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against getting another goalkeeper in. The, I mean, the lack of rumours full stop is, you know, quite, quite showing, but especially the goalkeeping rumours, there's been none whatsoever. Um, so I think they're genuinely, you know, have faith in, in Backman. Um, I, but like you like say, I wouldn't be against getting another goalkeeper in. Um, and I, I think that's showing as well. I think uh, I was listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes uh, podcast a few weeks ago when they were talking about um, the the fan forum. And uh, Greg Wendover Orns said that, you know, he'd spoken to someone about Backman saying that, you know, he, he's not confident when coming off his line or commanding or distribution, whatever. And I think it was Jaretta made the point back to him that he was like, yeah, but he's the best shot stopper in the league. And listen, that's all well and good, but without sounding like Roy Keane too much, as a goalkeeper, that is your job. Um, you, you you need to have the complete package. And I, I'm getting deja vu a little bit here because I think we spoke about this last time, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. But there was too many times last season where... Backman's mishaps, you know, definitely cost us points. I mean, the the one that sort of jumps out to me, obviously that Burnley away game could have been a fantastic three points at Surf Moor, uh, Rotherham at home. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's others as well that I can't think of at the moment. So I wouldn't be against getting another goalkeeper in. Um, but it sounds like they're, they're, they're happy for, for him to play. But my only worry would be how he how he adapts to Ishmael wanting to play out from the back because he you know he's he's glued to his line so he's almost has to resort to being a bit of a sweeper keeper at times if if we're up the pitch and Chris Batman doesn't strike me as a type that that could play that way so yeah I'll uh, watch his space yeah definitely and. Um... Thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions as well. And, yeah, massive apologies for not getting around to it a couple of weeks ago when we first asked for them. But, yeah, we wanted to dedicate a, a podcast to answering these questions for you. And it also gets us all together to talk Watford as well. Uh, Ricky Aldridge says, just a regular reminder that Bio will score 20 this season. Hopefully as well. Um, I think he would score more than 20 if he bangs them in like he did in the training session the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. Have a look at yeah. his uh, Instagram page. Uh, it in, in the top corner from outside the penalty box. I think he chested it down and just rifled it into the top corner. Um, but when season comes, I'm sure he can't hit a barn door with a banjo. Um, but yeah, um, I'll see you at Stephen's way as well, Ricky. Um, I've got my ticket today. And talking of Stephen's way, the Max Day vlog will be back. Um, Mike's actually bought a ticket for QPR at home. I can't actually attend QPR at home, so Mike will be doing the match day vlog for that one. And then I will be going to Stevenage away the following Tuesday and we'll be doing a match day vlog as well. So that content's back for you for this season as well. And because there's five members of us as well, you might see one of these uh, lovely faces doing a vlog um, this season as well on an away day. Um, Mike says that Cam's really looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah thank you everyone for watching tonight if you do like the video hit that like button hit that subscribe button and we'll be back soon uh, stay safe and come on you on Sports Social Podcast Network